Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. We learned something during the break that Wes Bryant deemed earth-shattering. I myself was shocked. I don't know how it came about, but Fiddy, yeah, Josh Fiddy Marlowe asked Wes, hey, Wes, do you like Grease? <laughs> Wes was like, the movie? Hell no, I don't like Grease. So anyways, we started talking about that. I was a little surprised to see that Fiddy liked Grease, and I said, all right, let's all take a, let's all take a guess. What year did that movie come out? And Wes went with 1969, of course. I went with 73. I, was, I thought it was a little bit earlier 70s. Fiddy, no hesitation. In fact, I think he gave his answer first, 1978. I looked it up, nailed it immediately. So then after that, I said, wait, do you like musicals? And he said, I dabble. And me and Wes were shook that the <laughs> Josh Fiddy Marlowe dabbles in musicals. The same guy that calls the NHL overrated figure skating because it might not be up to par with what he considers manly enough. Nah, man, this guy dabbles in musicals. I'm shook. You can text in 704-570-9610 to discuss how earth shattering that is to you but Wes I'm not overselling this like we were shocked to hear that yeah with a lot of his hyper masculine to use one of these new age words and terms <laughs> that people like to use as hyper masculine as Fiddy can be at times I was absolutely shocked to learn that not only did he love Greece that he loves musicals and that he was a huge high school musical fan a huge like recording it having high yes. school musical parties back yes. in the day this is yes this is the same fitty i promise there's not two of them in here all right so you want me to keep going yes yeah, i would love, i'm i'm intrigued would it surprise you that i was a big nicholas sparks reader growing up in high school that for some reason that doesn't shock me as much because i don't know why i don't know why maybe the whole musical thing is is kind of throwing me for a loop here but it doesn't shock me as much that you would be because we talked about your romanticism, if you will. Or lack thereof. I mean, but but you like to consider yourself a romantic. I mean, when you're going on dates, I mean, you've talked about how you have a softer side. Mm -hmm. And so maybe I, I'm not necessarily shocked to hear that. But the musical stuff, that's weird. What's your favorite Nicholas Sparks book? It's got to be The Notebook, right? Oh, no. The, the sequel to it, The Wedding. Is 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 better than the Notebook. I didn't even know there was a sequel. To oh that. yeah. That's oh, there's saying. a sequel and it is so much better. Um. Did you like the movie or the book better? Oh, the book. The movie's awful. It's the, not good. That movie needs to be remade. That's it, one of the old classic movies that I argue needs to be remade. I know that the, I know it has star power in terms of the actors that are and the actresses that are in the movie. Mm -hmm. It's terrible. It's not good. I I mean. I don't know if I know enough about uh, about this topic to speak eloquently about it. I, I can't do that about the Notebook or about the wedding or about any of the, uh, any of these. The things. Notebook I, was good though. I saw it. I mean, Fiddy calls it overrated. I I, I got. I thought it was good. I I gotta believe Fiddy a little bit more because he's the one that <laughs> this is his bag right now. My no. uh, my favorite Nicholas Sparks book turned into a movie was Safe Haven. That's the, and it was actually filmed in Southport, North Carolina. I did know that was filmed there. I still have never seen the movie. Oh, it's really great. Yeah, people love it. So people are writing in right now. Um, 
flounder or flat is this the flounder or is this somebody different I, I don't know if it's the flound. Okay. I think Fiddy would be a good husband. I'm a, I'm going to plug him right here to okay. the women out there listening to the show. I think Fiddy would be a good husband based off some of the things that he tells me about his softer side. We see that he likes romantic movies, so he's not going to be the guy complaining mm -hmm. about watching a chick flick. You know, he likes um, he wants the musicals. So, you know, I think these are really redeeming qualities. Uh, for him as a mate. You're doing chef's kiss. Yes, motions, as a mate. Right? Uh, uh, Jack wrote in, I'm not a dabbler in musicals, but Grease is all caps art. So yes, Jack dude. agrees with you about Grease. 910 number wrote in, young John Travolta was an absolute beast. Um, Iron Goodman also saying hockey's overrated, especially on TV. So talking about <laughs> your hockey take the, there. The thing you were trying to figure out how I asked y'all about Grease, when we went to break, mm -hmm. I started singing Summer Lovin', mm -hmm. which is a song in Grease. I didn't know that. And and so like in but y'all didn't pay it any attention, so I was like, Whoa, maybe they don't know this song. I asked Wes, Hey Wes, you like uh Grease? And as you said, it was a quick hell nah. <laughs> I mean, he ain't never he never replied quicker ever than when I asked him if he liked Grease to musical. No, someone did write in, uh Brian wrote in. I'm not surprised considering y'all are about to have a top five Disney movies, <laughs> Fiddy's favorite list. So yeah, I don't know if any of them are going to be musicals. Maybe. You're gonna have to find out. We're gonna bring you Fiddy's favorites. Well, on all the Disney movies, uh the cartoons like part musicals though, I mean, for the of, most part. I think a lot of yeah. them are. Yeah, I guess some of them I mean, I guess they all are. They all incorporate some type of song uh, in different portions to go along with whatever's happening at the moment. Yeah, I guess that's true. I never really thought of it that way. I didn't either until just now. Quick <laughs> wig. Groundbreaking stuff <laughs> here on Weston Walker. We'll talk about that a little bit more again at 145. We'll go to the other topic we wanted to discuss today about the Carolina Panthers. So we had our Jim Harbaugh, Steve Wilkes debate. Who would be the better head coach? You can continue to text in at 704-570-9610. The other thing I want the listeners to respond to is what Panther players have the most to play for this weekend. And I think Sam Darnold, certainly the easy answer when you go towards the top, because this is someone that didn't have a job at the very beginning of the year as far as a starting QB goes. Mm -hmm. In fact, he was what? I mean, could have been third string guy had Matt Corral not been injured at the beginning of the season. They might have just been overall done with Sam. Now, he did battle Baker Mayfield in the offseason. We had that debate of whether that was a faux battle between the two because they traded for Baker. Eventually, he would be named the starter anyway. But Sam Darnold has played well in, in these last few games. He did have three turnovers. I thought a couple of them were questionable as to whose fault it was. Sam Clearly, the interception was Sam's fault. You got to throw that in the end zone. Bad throw, right read, but still a bad throw. At the same time, you saw awesome touchdown passes from him. I mean, you did get him to deliver in some of those opportunities downfield when there was any type of separation from guys, whether it be Tommy Tremble, DJ Moore, or Shai Smith. Where I mean, that, that throw still is probably the craziest one, even with the breadbasket drop that he had to DJ Moore. Would you agree that Sam Darnold is pretty clearly number one, or is there somebody else you'd put above him? No, I think there's no one with more to prove than him. I mean, like I said, he really wants to show that. I'm sure in his mind, he wants to show that he could be the guy. But as far as him having a guaranteed spot on the roster next year, uh, I think it's certainly imperative of him to uh, come out and finish the season on a high note. I will say this, though. If you wanted to argue that Sam might not be number one anymore, I could get that because – if you if you go to the sample size we've seen from him since he's been the starter, you are going to have more competent to good games from him than bad. 
I don't know if there's been an outright awful performance from Sam Darnold in this last stint, right? Like Pittsburgh, they didn't win. The offense wasn't really clicking like that. So maybe that's the one you can go back to. But other than that, I don't know if I saw, oh man, Sam Darnold absolutely lost them this game. Maybe a better quarterback would have had a minute, but he fit the game manager type mold for the most part. And so maybe what he's already done is solidified a decent a decent spot to start somewhere. Maybe that's not with Carolina if they just decide to move on, but it very well could be. I know Fitty has been pounding the table for Sam Darnold for quite some time. He has played a lot better in recent memory, so maybe he's not number one on this list. I know we agree that he is, though. If you had to put somebody else at the top, close to Sam Darnold territory, what other players would you say are playing for the most to prove in this last game of the regular season against New Orleans? Well, I think you have to look at Deontay Foreman. Uh, coming in to the game last week, since week seven, he was third in the NFL uh, in rushing yards and was getting a lot of explosive plays there. He only had 35 yards versus Tampa Bay. So I think that he's a guy that going forward certainly is looking to uh, make himself a lot of money, whether it's here in Carolina or with another team out on the open market. I think he probably wants to get as close to, if not over, uh, 1,000 yards if that is possible for him. So I think that he certainly wants to come out and make a great lasting impression uh, on the Panthers this year, or if not, make a big impression for another team to come and issue the bag to him to be their uh, starting running back. Yeah, I, I think if you go to the defensive side, there are quite a few places you can look at. But offensively for me, you know, Terrace Marshall will be going into his third year. And this is someone that was a first-round talent. The only reason he fell, it was because of the injury history that he had that even actually took place in high school, you know, sat out at LSU. But when he played, it was pretty damn good production from Terrace Marshall playing that wide receiver spot. We had that growth in the middle part of the year and been a little bit quiet here recently. I believe in the talent, and I think a third year to see whether that will come true I, I want to I want to see if that's actually something that he can be a number two wide receiver in this league. It doesn't mean that you don't draft one if you find a talented guy in this upcoming selection process because mm -hmm. it's okay to have three really good wide receivers if Terrace Marshall proves to be that and whatever draft pick you have. Maybe you're signing someone. I don't know. But if Terrace Marshall goes out here and has a strong game against New Orleans that has a decent amount of talent on the defensive side of the football, if Terrace Marshall goes out and let's say – you know, he proves that he's a deep threat again. Remember, the yards per reception have been pretty good for Terrace Marshall this year. If he finishes with something north of 70, maybe he catches a touchdown. Maybe he has a, an acrobatic catch, which he's shown maybe a couple times this year. I think Terrace Marshall could prove a lot with a strong performance coming into this game to at least have us feeling good heading into the offseason about a guy you drafted two years ago. Yeah, I mean, like you said, all, to all your points and he wants to earn a job in this league, and he knows the Panthers. He knows the Panthers will be out looking for a number two guy. Uh, you want to have your offense as balanced as possible, so I'm sure he's going to want to come out and have a strong outing as well. And then going back to the defensive side, uh, I think Gross Matos is a guy that probably wants to come out and put on a strong showing as well. It might be too little too late for him. I mean, 10 career sacks this season. He's been a disappointment to a lot. He's got 18 hurry, seven hits. He's had 795 snaps, including 472 pass rush snaps. So to only have, uh, you know, seven, 
seven hurries or seven hits and 18 hurries. Uh, you want to see more out of that spot than that, especially when you have a Derrick Brown playing next to you and then a couple more spots down the line, one of the NFL's best young pass rushers in Brian Burns. I, I, I don't, it feels wrong to say that I'm giving up on YGM, especially if I'm talking about a Terrace Marshall, you know, going into his third year. But, but yeah, I mean, YGM for me, it might be a little too uh, too little too late. Yeah. You know, if, if he has a strong game here, does that change your overall feeling going into next season, right? Like, I think I think Terrace has done enough to where if you end the season on an explanation point, then, or an, excuse, yeah, an exclamation point, excuse me. If you end on that, then I'd feel a lot better about that because there is some substance. There's just not a whole lot of substance with Gross Matos right now. And so maybe he could have a strong game here have a strong off season and then you'd feel a lot better. But I think you're right more to the point of how I feel in it being uh, too little too late. Let's go to some of the text and some of the answers they write in. Um, you know, somebody wrote flawless wrote in Keith Taylor and CJ Henderson. They're playing for some spots for me. I mean, you talk about too little too late. I, I think that's certainly true for CJ Keith Taylor, more of a late round draft pick. Maybe he can salvage some stuff. And I liked Keith Taylor before it went horribly wrong against Pittsburgh and Tampa. You dinged me, Fitty. You feel um, that flawless is right to bring up those two corners. Yeah, because I mean, I feel like when you look at C.J. Henderson, he's already been on two teams. The Jaguars basically quit on him because they gave him up for what a third round pick, I think is what it was. Mm -hmm. They didn't even really get the value for a former top and 10 Dan pick. Arnold, which is a huge, uh, huge return. All for Dan. I'm going to say is the Panthers were three and zero last year before they traded away Dan Arnold, and they were <laughs> two and twelve without him. Huge impact. Um, so uh, you know, for me, it's more on the C.J. Henderson side because you know with Dante Jackson being hurt, he really had a chance to solidify himself as this team's number two corner and maybe you just move Dante into the nickel next year or whatever but that didn't happen and then you put Keith Taylor out there and he was so bad you had to go sign Josh Norman out of, out of the coffee shop that he owns and so I feel like they got to put something positive on the field Sunday or like you were saying the other day you're maybe entering the draft free agency once again looking to solidify that corner spot because it entered the season with a lot of depth but by December, it was the weakest part of this defense. Wolfpack James with another good addition, I think. How about Tommy Tremble? Had a, had a touchdown reception in this game against Tampa. Was touted as a huge blocker. Also, an excellent athlete. That's why I think Matt Rule kind of fell in love with him. And I like Tommy Tremble. And, and my, my overall take on tight ends is that it takes a while for those guys to develop. You know, and I've talked about that before. You think about the responsibilities for a tight end coming into the NFL. A little bit different than just wide receivers who only have to focus on route running and catching the football. Running backs, right? Yeah, you got to worry about catching the football out of the backfield. Maybe there's some routes that you have to learn 100%, but it's really, okay, where's the gap? Hit it, and that's what you have to learn. Tight ends, especially in a Tommy Trimble case, who's used in the blocking game as well, you got to learn scheme. You got to learn, you know, protecting the quarterback. You got to learn routes as well. And I think if you look at the history of tight ends, a lot of them don't break out until sometimes even their second contract. Like you've seen that a lot from that position. So I would add Tommy Tremble to the list. What say you, Wes? Yeah, I think when it comes to tight ends, it depends on what you want them for. And if I feel like if you get a dynamic receiving tight end, I think the transition could be a little bit easier because, you know, you can still define that role even if the blocking needs to come along a little bit. I mean, when you're talking about the top guys in the league and you look at Kelsey, I mean, Kelsey's first full season, he went 67, 6, 8, 62, and 5 touchdowns, and then Kittle went 43, 515, and 2 touchdowns. 
So I think it just depends on what you want to use them for. Uh, I think for the Panthers' offense to become a bit dynamic, I think they may need a balance of two. They need a guy that's a little bit more of a receiving threat for sure. I mean, Ian Thomas, you know, he's a big guy, and he can – you know, he's capable of making your more basic plays in the passing game. But I think, you know, to take that next step to a dynamic offense, you want a guy uh, that's a dual threat. Uh, Fitty, you made a face when I said Tommy Trimble. You don't necessarily he, uh, feel like he should be in this group with a lot to prove. I, I just feel like our expectations maybe were higher than what they probably should have been because Ben McAdoo came in and Ben McAdoo has a track record of doing a lot of great things with tight ends and it didn't really happen here and because I, you pretty much said why it does take tight ends a long time in this league to really blossom and so I don't think he's one that I'm looking at saying if he comes to come out and follow up on Sunday I'm moving on from I still love his upside and potential well, how about the love that they have for Ian Thomas though right like Ben McAdoo saying he's one of the better football players around they gave him that was the first move I think they made is giving Ian Thomas at the beginning of the offseason a contract so Ian Thomas continues despite having the love for him when he replaced Greg Olson his rookie year producing the Cleveland Browns game stands out with Ian Thomas it just hasn't been what that potential was at the beginning. It has not played out like that as his career has gone on. All right, let's go to some uh, college football conversation. Mac Brown said that uh, that the Tar Heels are making progress because Clemson did not quote physically beat them down. Is Mac Brown right, or is he in a state of denial? We'll get to that in just a moment. Wesson Walker Sports Radio, ninety-two-seven WFNC. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You can text us via the Garage Door Guru text line at 704-570-9610. We were asking about some of the Panthers with the most to play for. Somebody wrote in Shy Smith, Andre Roberts, and Blackshear, too, which I don't know if I'd put those guys up there. But Shy Smith is interesting. You know, Shy Smith is someone that had the touchdown pass from Sam Darnold, I think four receptions in this past game against Tampa Bay. Yeah, four receptions for 70 yards, uh, 38-yard reception, touchdown there, four targets, so brought them all in. So Shy Smith, I think, would be another guy that you could bring in there as well. Another 704 number wrote in and uh, and said, scrap all of the tight ends and draft one. This draft has five can't-miss tight ends. Have not done the draft homework yet to know about all those uh, can't-miss guys, but you agreeing with that, Fitty? Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame is as good a tight end as as I've seen. Got Bowers out of Georgia. I think he's eligible to come out this year. Uh, He's just a a matchup problem, so yeah. I think Bowers is a true sophomore. Is he? Yeah, he was a true freshman last year. So and, well, I don't remember for sure, but wasn't Bowers one of the higher rated tight ends we have seen in a while coming out of high school? I, I feel like he was a really higher rated guy, but yes, that talent would be exceptional. So I don't think anybody would be angry at upgrading the tight end position here in Carolina. Certainly, that would not be it. What are you? <laughs> yeah, he was the class of 2021. He's a true sophomore. A fitty's laughing at some reason. What were you laughing about? J- just a you know inside joke. You said tight ends, and I laughed, and you know I'm immature. Really, the the position itself. I mean, usually I can pick up on when a Michael Scott moment is going to happen, but just saying the position itself makes you laugh. Well, you said that we're all in favor of upgrading our tight ends, and mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now you can see why I'm laughing. All right, let's move on. Um, Somebody did say, by the way, real quickly, Fiddy and Wes need to bet on the game 
to add some even more uh, sizzle to this Wake Forest North Carolina game taking place. Oh, I'm tonight. confident we can do that. Okay, we can have a lunch bet on that. All right, you want to have a lunch bet, a Basibula's bet, something else, Fitty? Is that something you be uh, you would be interested in? Less. Do you really want to go down that yep, road? Sure do. You, you haven't won. We right beat Virginia me. Tech. We beat Duke. Two on a row. Two quality teams. Y'all next. Y'all, y'all are really good at at home. Away from the Joel, y'all been run out of the gym okay. by the likes of Rutgers. Why not just beat number one Purdue? Well, but, y'all not that good no matter where yet. So I'm feeling confident. Like we're undefeated at home. All right. Who you beat at home though? Right. So anyway, uh, let's go. We're undefeated at home. You hadn't beat anybody at home. Put some Skrilla on it then, Fitty. Let's Let's go. go. Let's hear it. What's up? Lunch bet. Wes is about it. Wes is about it, Applebee and the gang coming through. What's popping? Lunch bet on the line. Let's get it. Applebee's on Applebee. We need to do something like that. Let's get a lunch bet going, I don't want no Applebee. (laughs) All right. All right. I'm down. All right. What do you want to do? We we did Viva the last. Okay. Is it, so is the, it, of the winners choosing within reason. I mean, I ain't taking you to Ruth, Chris. But. What about Stake 48? That seems fair. <laughs> right, right. Ain't going to be nothing like that. It's only but. 150 between yeah. the both of you. That's Lunch it. with $20 limit. I'm excited about that's it. That's a lot of possibilities. So, and, and so Wes feels extremely confident. Oh, yeah. Vinny, you're, you're talking like you're confident. I don't feel it from you, though. He know it. He know I what's just, coming tonight. Look, look, we're just coming out of the holidays. Uh-huh. I don't want to take any more of my man's money. Okay. I mean, okay. Because he was really confident in, in Sam Hartman and the boys beating my boys on the football well, field. I know. And then Drake May showed up. Tonight you got Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, no, Armando Baycott. I said in that game that Sam would make a critical mistake. I said that. I was not <laughs> that But confident. you think Tyree Appleby is yep, like a bigger yep. game performer Virginia than Sam Tech, Hartman? Virginia Tech smashed, y'all. We beat Virginia Tech on Saturday. But y'all beat them at home away from It don't from matter. The Joe, we still beat them. Okay. Well, we'll see tonight. All that. Just be ready to take me to lunch. Well, I'm always ready to take you to lunch because you're my dog. Yeah. But, you know. All right. Well, you're going to have to do it with some skin of the game here. NASCAR Brad wrote in, man up, Fitty. Let's go. Put the money on it. 704 yeah. number wrote in. I guess College of Charleston. Is that the best win that they have at home right now? College yeah, because College of Charleston is ranked, I believe, right now. So that would be the best win. Is that what you would call it, Fitty? Yeah, because, I mean, Georgia Tech, not very good. The Citadel, not very good. Um, I mean, yeah, that's probably fair. But the College of Charleston, I mean, they also beat Virginia Tech. So... You know, what does that say? College of Charleston might be better than Wake Forest. All right, there you well, go. Wolfpack Virginia James. Virginia Tech smashed Carolina, so. Uh, well, <laughs> Wolfpack James wrote in, wow, <laughs> Fitty's scared to bet against Wake. That's weak sauce. So, yeah, Fitty getting exploited. <laughs> just, dude, just, just do us all a favor and beat Duke tonight, okay, Wolfpack James? Uh, like, this is the rare night that I'll, I'll, I'll be pulling for the Wolfies to go and, and, and beat Duke. So we can come on here and start questioning John Shire. If not, I mean, it's just same old NC State. All right. So we'll have the college basketball conversation at 2 o'clock. Who needs this game more? Is it Steve Forbes, Hubert Davis, North Carolina, Wake Forest? Also, we'll get to the NC State-Duke matchup tonight as well. But we did get one of the other texts talking about the tease going into the break, about Mac Brown and what he said. So here's the quote. Mac Brown said that the team is making progress overall because in the ACC championship game, they didn't physically get beat down um <laughs> you have flawless writing in mac brown is delusional if he couldn't beat a team that didn't have a solid qb then how is he going to compete next year once club nick settles down and doesn't hold the team back fitty is beside himself i'm gonna let him gather his thoughts real quick okay. but it seems like a pretty ridiculous comment to make wes um yeah, Ooh. I think on the surface when you look at what he said, but Perhaps this also a defense of Mac Brown. Well, yeah, this also leads into the topic of which team were 
was I most impressed with during bowl season and which team has the most upside uh, at the moment in the state of North Carolina. And I feel like that it is the Tar Heels. Surprise, surprise. I can always give credit to things even if I don't like them. And so, uh, you know, I was impressed with Carolina. They battled with Oregon despite a depleted roster. Uh, They have Drake May, you know, one of the nation's best quarterbacks, second in my quarterback power rankings, you know, on deck sitting there. But the last three seasons, they've had a top five class in the ACC, according to 247, uh, headlined by the ACC's number two rated class just this past season in 2022. They've got the seventh best transfer portal class, uh, also according to 24-7. So I think they're doing a really good job of recruiting. And in my opinion, as I said, I felt like they overachieved this year. I didn't see them having the success that they had. Now, as far as just to physically beat them down, I was like, okay, well, Mac wasn't necessarily looking at the right game because I did think Clemson physically put it on him as well. But um, I don't think that he's far off in saying that they're making progress because I think they were ahead of schedule this year. Well, that that's fine if you feel like you're making progress overall as a program. But to say that you didn't get physically outmatched and reference that by saying you're overall making progress, I can agree with you. You yeah. have Drake May. Not really another argument I need as far as some of the other teams that have the most upside. If you want to go Duke because of Riley Leonard and the way Mike Elko is starting off so hot, that's fine. But North Carolina deserves to be a part of the most upside conversation. But when Mac Brown wants to come out and say, at least we didn't physically get outmatched and a 39 to 10 beatdown yeah. where the offensive line didn't play all that well. I mean, I just don't see it. Fiddy, I know you were shaking your head. You were pretty frustrated as well. And OK, sorry, real quickly. Do we need to do we need to bring out the whistle and call the foul line on you? Is maybe, it time? maybe not. I, okay. Like, here, here's my thing when it comes to Mac Brown, and I know they they, they technically can't do it. Um, don't talk to the media because every time you talk to the media after your team gets physically beaten down, a la Notre Dame, a la Clemson, you go out there and you spew nonsense. You lost the game thirty nine to ten. If that's not being physically beaten down, what is? The game was over at halftime. And, and so I just don't get this messaging. Dude, did, did Carolina exceed a lot of expectations this year? Absolutely. No one saw a nine and no, no one saw a nine and three regular season and a berth in the ACC title game coming. But you were also nine and one with everything in front of you, a chance to legitimately win a conference championship, make a New Year's six bowl game. Get your quarterback into New York and be part of the Heisman Trophy ceremony. And you failed. Like, both things can be true. And this is where I get mad at him, is that he gets up there and he wants to just coddle. And he wants to just keep everything, you know, half glass half full. No, screw that, man. <laughs> you came back because you said, we can win a national championship here. But every time we do something really good and it doesn't end the way we want it to, it's all oh, we're ahead of schedule. The hell with that. Win! So despite of what Fiddy just had to say there, you don't believe Mac Brown is in some kind of state of denial, Wes? I think he's in a state of denial as far as how that particular game went, but as far as just him saying that they're making progress and the fact that they did get in the game and play Clemson, and it was a decent game for a little while. I think the pick six really turned the game on his head. But I think that just as far as him saying it about that particular game, yes, I think he was a little bit out of his gourd there. But as far as just how 
you know, the direction of the program in general and that they're making progress, I think he's dead on. So when you were discussing using that comment, kind of using that as a piece of evidence for upside surrounding the North Carolina program when it comes to their football team, you got a mixed bag in ACC bowl season. Wake Forest beat Missouri. You had Duke beat UCF. Florida State did beat Oklahoma 35-32. to But then you can go on the other side and you saw Clemson you know, really be controlled by Tennessee, 31-14, and then Clemson scored late in the fourth quarter. Maryland beat NC State in Charlotte in what was a pretty boring game, 16-12 to between mm-hmm. those two. So going with most impressed, then we can go to most disappointed. But most impressed during bowl season, what ACC team are you choosing? Well, yeah, I just said Carolina. That, I mean, all the reasons that I listed. But that's upside. You were still most impressed with them even in their bowl game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I said it, I thought with a depleted roster with all the kids they had transfer portal and all the things they had going going on, not having the receivers, et cetera, et cetera. I thought them battling with Oregon, and I thought they were going to get blown out. Uh, You know, I was impressed by their effort and the fact that they were on the cusp of a win. It was one play, you know, that killed them, and it's not always just one play. But you know what I mean as far as if they make a stop there, they get a big upset in my opinion. Fiddy, do you agree? I mean, were you impressed with North Carolina in their bowl game against Oregon, or would you go with a different ACC team? I mean, look, do they go in there and compete a lot harder than I thought they were going to? Absolutely. You still blew a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. You had a chance to win a game to get to double-digit wins, and you failed to do so. And so I just have a really hard time looking at the mass exodus of talent on that defensive side of the ball via the portal. The fact that it appears that Mac Brown is not making any changes despite his defensive line and his cornerback room being below average, borderline pathetic. It's hard for me to enter next season believing that Tar Heel football can get back to the ACC championship game. And when you have a transcendent quarterback like Drake May, you should be confident in that happening. But As of January 4th, I don't sit here and say, and I don't sit here and believe that Carolina will be back in Charlotte competing for a conference title. I think this is all around Freaky Friday because you're going with North Carolina as the most impressive in a bowl game with a loss, but I would go to Duke, and I thought it was going Mm -hmm. to be somewhat of the easier answers because they do beat Central Florida 30-13. to When you talk about the upside that Drake May brings, 100%. That guy is an absolute stud at the quarterback spot. But to your defense, during the power rankings, I wouldn't have him won. But Riley Leonard goes in, not the greatest stats in the world, but rushing, he had a couple of touchdowns. Duke did win 30-13, to and that game was pretty much over. Once you got to the fourth quarter, that was a 20-7 to lead, 23 to seven lead that you have and Mike Elko comes in first year ends the season nine and four with a big bowl game against another pretty good program in Central Florida why not Duke over I know you mentioned about North Carolina but why is is Duke maybe taking a little bit of a step back well, with their victory I mean if you wanted to go to individual because the way I posed the question was just saying that who was I most impressed with in both seasons as far as their trajectory going forward so if you want to go to individual bowl games I can rock with Duke but I still thought the Carolina again I, I thought with all the guys that they had missing I just thought that game was going to be a disaster and I thought that they were just going to get killed and yeah they had opportunities they blew a lead etc etc but I still thought for them to compete with Oregon a top 15 team and be a play away from getting a win you know I'm not a huge more victories guy but I thought that that was uh impressive to me nonetheless that they came out and were able to hang all right most disappointed what team are you putting in that category uh the Clemson Tigers 
you know, as far as just how that game went and their trajectory going forward. We talked about it. Just in my opinion, K. Klubnik doesn't appear to be on par with some of their past quarterback studs like their fan base wants to make him out to be. The offensive skill talent is just sorely lacking. Uh, the beatdown at Notre Dame this year, the meltdown versus South Carolina, they're losing key defensive pieces. When you talk Trenton Simpson, Brian Bercy, uh, Miles Murphy, the secondary doesn't look to have difference makers. They've been vulnerable uh, multiple times this season, even with a front uh, four and a front seven that was disruptive. So I think Clemson right now, you know, they, they have a lot of work ahead of them if they want to get back to the level that they feel like that they should be. Yeah, I think we'll probably all be in agreement here with Clemson just getting beat down the way they did against Tennessee. And you really had a catapult-type moment Cade Klubnik could have taken advantage of because he had it in the ACC championship game, and then it's like, all right, if he does it in the bowl game against Tennessee, against an SEC defense, then you're off and rolling. You're talking about Clemson competing for the college football playoff and a lot of people believing in him. After that game, I'm not so sure you are believing in them being an ACC representative when you talk about the top four. Fiddy, final words from you. Would you agree that Clemson was the most disappointing? Yeah, because I really thought, given who was not playing, in that game for Tennessee that Clemson had a really good chance to win the game because they had the majority of their guys in, you know, that, that were going to play. And I thought I was going to vault them into an offseason where they'd be talking about being talked about as a team that could get back into the four-team playoff next season. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just, you know, I, I think Florida State deserves a lot of, of mention here because they got a 10-win season. What does that do for them moving forward? NC State, 8-5 and five on the rate. You know, Sam, you know, Wake Forest, has a disappointing season. So I think the ACC, as much progress as I thought they made during the season, we come out of the bowl season and with the national title game next week, we enter next year, a lot of questions lingering around ACC football as a whole. Yeah, really. And we did pose this as local because I wanted to make sure the yeah. fans knew that because I didn't want Florida State fans right. chiming in. Talking, Why didn't you say yes? Why didn't you say yes? <laughs> but, but, but even if we had them a part of the pool, you still wouldn't pick them. Knowing what you've said about Florida State. Yeah, you no, feel I like thought they'd a beat a bunch high. of cupcakes right. down the stretch. Right, yeah. And I, at I, me, I, all I, day. I, I don't want to. You can add our show, though. Yes, at you can. W-E-S-A-N-D-W-A-L-K-E-R. Come on, get us to 1,000 likes. I promise I'm going to do something good for somebody if we get to 1,000. Hit that follow button. And you are right. Somebody did at us in spirit, I guess, via the text line. FSU. About that's what I'm saying. Yeah, points. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Jordan Travis. We were talking local, folks. North Carolina, <laughs> South Carolina, not but, Florida. But make no mistake. Even if we were including FSU, Wes is still staying. You can get on it. Yeah, I mean, who do you beat the last five games? All right. First or second. Me and my mama could get 21 points on Oklahoma. <laughs> wow. <laughs> What's the second Fitty uh, flash we have before we go to Fitty's favorites? What you got? You were about to go to the foul line, I, Yeah, huh? I, well, I hit the wrong button. That's okay. Um, <laughs> An update on DeMar Hamlin from the Buffalo Bills. Twitter account, DeMar remains in the ICU in critical conditions with signs of improvement noted yesterday and overnight. He is expected to remain under intensive care as his health care team continues to monitor and treat him. So it does look like he's starting to make some, you know, some small progress heading in the right direction. But he is going to remain in the ICU uh, on the NBA hardwood. The Pelicans were starting to emerge as a top four team in the Western Conference, maybe maybe a top two or three team. But as it always happens, Zion goes to the buffet one too many times. He now has oh. another injury, a hamstring strain that's going to sideline him for at least three weeks. 
What does this do to the Pelicans' chances of being among the Western Conference hierarchy with the best player on their team going to miss the next three weeks or so? Yeah, I think it's going to hurt them. In true NBA fashion, I think the Pelicans have enough talent. That they're going to surprise and win some games. Uh, I think that's a little bit unfair to try to blame this on his weight again. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Zion's been playing MVP caliber basketball uh, this season. So you hate it for him, and he is starting to. I, I have to keep it real. You know, he's starting to get that reputation of just always yeah. being hurt. Anytime he start, really starts to make progress, he ends up going on an injury report. I do think they're a legitimate threat, if healthy, to win the Western Conference. I, I think that is within play if yeah. they are all healthy, but he's not, and we've seen this a little one too many times. But we are seeing at least some good news. Baby steps, it seems like we're hearing from DeMar Hamlin right now as far yeah. as him being at the medical center, currently standing. Seems like he's Come still Come on, DeMar, pull yeah, through, yeah, baby. Yeah, and all the well wishes, all the prayers, all the good thoughts, energy, vibes, whatever you want to send that way, positive feelings as much as we possibly can to DeMar Hamlin and the Hamlin family. We'll be back with um, uh, Fiddy's favorites are coming up <laughs> next. Now, Disney movies we're going to rank. We're kind of going animated Disney movies here, but Fiddy is going to be the authority. That's coming up next. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio, 92.7 FM. It's been a while since we've done it, but Fiddy's Favorites is back. And this time, we're going to be ranking the top five Disney movies, according to Josh Fiddy Marlowe. And just to be clear here, we're doing this with animated versions, right? Because there are plenty of Disney movies that aren't animated. But when you think about it, when you think about the childhood nostalgia, we're going back to the animated versions here. So that's what you've kind of abided by here, correct? Yeah, I mean, that's not the way that I intended it to go. That's just mm -hmm. the way that it, it ended up. Because, okay. you know, if I was doing... You know, maybe some non-animated films. High School Musical might have showed up. No, it, might, it really might have. I didn't um, know. Uh, what was what was the movie with the Jonas Brothers and Lemmy, uh, Demi Lovato? I cannot tell you, buddy. Camp Rock, <laughs> I think, is what it was. Oh, like actually, you know what? I, I do know Camp. I've never seen it, but I do know Camp Rock. Not bad. Okay. I've got some. I uh, got some siblings that used to like it. Younger siblings, but they used to like it. All right, what's number five, according to Fiddy? All right, number five. I went with Monsters Inc. It's a fantastic movie. It really is, and the sequel's pretty good too. Monsters University. I liked it. I've never seen it. You've never seen. Mo you got to watch Monsters U. I think Mike. I, I think Monsters Inc. is fantastic. Mike Wazowski, Sully, Kitty. So many different. Uh, lines that you can uh, bring from that movie. I love it. Do you agree that Monsters, Inc. should be in the top five, Wes, or are you not a fan? Uh, I've never seen it. Oh, you need to. It's fantastic. All right, so Monsters, Inc. is coming in at number five. What comes in at number four? So at number four... I, I think I'm even mad at myself that I have it this low. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I, at your learning, at least you know now. Go ahead and say it. But on my list, I slotted the Lion King number four. This seems like an oversight. This seems like you were doing this last minute and then you filled in a couple of answers here. And now, upon a little bit clearer review, you would rather have it at higher up. But Lion King number four, Do you? how do you feel about Lion King coming in at number four right now, Wes? Another one I've never seen. Oh, Wes. Yeah, I have. You have an 11-year-old son, and you've yeah, never seen the never Lion King? It. We never watched it. Are you going to fix that He saw soon? it on his own. No, he saw it on his own. Um, Show show movie night. 
I've been pressing for it over at Walker's Crib so we can meet the fish. Lion King, though? That's, yeah, I know, man. That's, <laughs> I mean, when it came out back in the day, the animated one, I wasn't into animated movies like that. I never had a longing to see it. And then what my son, you know, he, I think he had seen it on his own. I know he saw the last one, I think. But does yeah, his your mom son like him. it? Does your son like yeah, it? Yeah, his mom, he probably hate for me to say, but his mom did say he cried in the movie thinking oh, about no. his dad. That's there's, okay. There's, there's, thinking there's about his dad. Yeah, he's thinking about his dad. Yeah, well, he thought about his dad, me and him. Yes, it's really sad. I yeah. have no problem with anybody crying. I, I'll cry when we do show movie night. I'm sorry. You guys are going to see me in tears if that happens. <laughs> All right. Shocking. Number three, though, what do you have on that list? Number three should be number four because these should have been flip-flopped. I do have, and I, I, I still love this movie to this day. Peter Pan. Peter Pan is solid for me. What? What? Solid? It's not. Yeah, I, I like it. It's fine. I don't hate it by any measure. I, I don't love it. I wouldn't have it in my top five, and we can maybe port. We might give you that top five between me and Wes, but I'm not gonna have Peter Pan there. We do agree. Lion King clearly should be above Peter Pan. Have you seen Peter Pan before? Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> well, no, Lion King is shocking, too. Now, right. everything is off the table now that you haven't seen Lion King. I'm not sure. He comes across so like, yeah, I've seen it, but you haven't seen the Lion King. Like, it was a reasonable <laughs> question to ask. Uh-huh, 100%. So, all right, so Peter Pan comes in at number three. Two more. Number two, second on the list. What you got? Number two is a movie that I saw at the beach for the very first time, and I've seen this movie probably 75 to 100 times since and my little brother absolutely loves this movie to this day it's cars because it was it was it's, it still is awesome i still love cars i had a video game for it i had a um i had like a little i guess i'm trying to the best way to describe it <laughs> i had like a whole setup of the little town of, of Radiator Springs where it was okay. all the cars that I could move them around and stuff in. Like, I was all the way in on some Lightning McQueen. Not a fan. What? Wow. <laughs> not a fan of Hell? cars. <laughs> it's not. There's so many other better Disney movies, in my opinion. Like, there's so many. If we, Fiddy, I'll tell you this. We could do a top 10 and cars would not make the top 10 list. Cars wouldn't even be in the top five, top ten. We're probably talking about, I mean, top 20. It might sneak in there. That's how low I am on cars. It's wow. funny. It's it's cute. It has a great story. <laughs> people love Mater. I do Dude, know people yeah. love Mater. It's like Toe Mater without the tub. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you, and you've seen Cars and you like it, Wes. Oh, I've seen all the Cars. We went to see the last one at the movie. Okay. My so son was huge Cars fan. Um, yeah, I definitely saw all of those. We're, we're getting a lot of additions in the text line. The best one I have to read right now so we get to it. The bagel guy wrote in, Walker cried during Finding Nemo. Absolutely. Mount Haka Waka Louie. <laughs> I love that movie. Whoa. And yeah, remember, remember when you first started, that was like when I told you, you sounded like the turtle for I, Finding I Nemo? I sound like Crush. According uh, to Fiddy. Uh, now, now it's changed. Did my... My impression changes from you quite hey, a bit. Dumber. Yeah, I, apparently. I don't know if I, my voice, I'm older now. You made me sound Southern a couple of times, so it's changed quite a bit. All right, what's number one on Fiddy's list? There's only one answer. It's the movie that started it all, and it's Toy Story. The whole collection, Toy Story, Toy Story 2, to Toy Story 3, even their little like holiday specials they come out with around like Halloween. Or Christmas time. Woody and Buzz Lightyear. Toy Story 4. Yeah. I cried as a grown man in the theater. 
I cried during that movie. I'm not going to hate on you. I, I love them. I have no problem with Toy Story being number one. It's not going to be that on my list. Wes and I will give you that list at the beginning. But, no, it's in top five. Like, it is It is absolutely phenomenal. Love Toy Story. Love the entire franchise. Is it fair to say that the entire franchise is fantastic, Wes? Are you a fan of Toy Story? Yes, I am. Okay. I do like Toy all Story. All of them, right? We saw them all, yeah. There's not a week. That, that's crazy to create four movies and there not be one weak movie in the entire franchise. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Some people are mad because we're including Pixar movies that weren't Disney. Well, it's yeah, Disney mine's now. a more. It's Disney yeah. Pixar, baby. It's yeah. Disney now. I'm with. I'm You'll not see it. My list. Mine's that. a little more modernized. Yeah. Okay. That's all fine. All right. We'll give our take on that. We'll get to some of the text on the other side of the break, and then yes, we will for talk sports guys' sake. We will also get back to some college hoops tonight and finish up with uh, Sam Farber. Hornets play-by-play announcer also going to be joining us at 2:20. It's all still to come. Weston Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 FM.